Hello and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast with me, Robin Kermode. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com. Welcome to this podcast. It's Sian Hansen here. As usual, I'm here with Robin Kermode. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about that moment when you wake up in the morning and you think, this is it. This is the day I'm going to give my big speech or I'm going to have my big job interview. You've known you're going to have to do this. Saying you have to makes it sound like it's a negative, but maybe you're really looking forward to it. Let's just start with the night before. Well, it's very difficult to know how to sleep, isn't it, if you're all wound up? Yeah. I know slightly sharing, you keep a pad of paper and a pencil by your bedside in case you wake up in the middle of the night and you want to add in something. Actually, why do you have it? I do that, not particularly for the night before, but I find that if I've got lots of things on my mind, I lay awake thinking, I must remember that in the morning and then I don't sleep. It's far better if I just write it down and then it's down and then I can go to sleep. Right. There's a very good thing I was told, by the way, if your mind is racing. This sounds really wacky, but try it. And I've tried it and it does work. Get an ice cube in a tea towel. How bizarre is this? And you hold it, this ice cube, with, wrapped in the tea towel, just on the nape of your neck, right under the bone really? at the back there. And you hold it there for about two or three minutes. And what it does is it cools the brain down and you do sleep better. Do you? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Never heard that before. Yeah. So there you are. You've had a good night's sleep. The alarm goes on your bedside. Okay, what's the first thing? that you should be thinking about what you wear? Could be what you wear. I think even before that is coming back to intention. This is probably my old days as an actor, really, is what is your intention today? Is your intention to persuade these people at the interview that you are the right person for the job? Or if you're giving a speech, thinking, why am I giving this speech? So just think about the intention would be the first thing. Then I would say, remember that it's really about you being you. And I'm asking myself rhetorically this, how do you wake up in the morning and say, I just want to be me today? Yeah, well, that positive affirmation you hear all the time, put things all over your mirror about how fantastic you are and how beautiful you are and feel good about yourself. Just positive affirmation in the morning, I should think. The gratitude one is a great one. Oh, yeah, you're right. So I often do this lying there and I go, and I'm very blessed with my life and very blessed with the family and, and all the things that have gone well. And you celebrate those things. And then I think just know that yourself is enough. I'm not a great fan of positive affirmations, actually, because I oh, think, aren't you? well, I think oh. if you have them all over saying, I'm amazing, I'm brilliant, it almost implies I'm better than somebody else. We're not trying to say we're better than somebody else. We're just right. saying we're enough. Right. I think that's it. Oh, no, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Okay. So you get up and you have to choose the clothes you're going to wear. Mm. So just remind us the do's and don'ts. Well, don't wear something new that you haven't worn before. Okay. Why? Because it may be too tight. Shoes particularly mm-hmm. can be really, you know, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Men's shoes can be quite, if the leather is tight, it hurts. Women have said to me, I bought these fantastic new heels and they're gorgeous. And I said, have you walked in them before? No, no, but it'll be fine on the day. Well, if you haven't worn them in, you're not going to be as comfortable. I've got a top tip is that I went to a fantastic lecture the other day by a lady who's the head of the World Trade Association. She had to wear a battery pack up on the neck the back of her dress because she had nowhere else to hook it. Right, this is the radio mic battery pack. Yeah, so I think just ladies always have a belt somewhere in your purse in case you need it and just add it to your outfit. The classic ones from 
filming days, which is what they will do if they can, is they put it in the small of your back, but that doesn't always work with the dress you're wearing. No. You can wear a thigh garter with a little pouch where it sits in there, but that can be uncomfortable. Well, and running the wire down the back of your dress. Yes, that can Mm. work again, but it's all a bit fiddly. It's far easier if you have a belt or a pocket or something. So just remind us again, though, you've often said that the colour of the clothes matter and patterns and not patterns and things like that. Just remind us again what you would say about that. We want to draw attention to ourselves, but we don't want the clothes to be distracting from our message. So we don't want people sitting there going, whoa, that's a busy outfit every time you move across the stage. Right. I do remember doing a play once years ago where the leading actor decided he was going to do a Christmas show. He decided he was going to wear a red jumper. He said, well, I, I, as if I've been given this red jumper for Christmas. Well, it wasn't actually for that. It's just that he knew if you wear a red jumper and you walk around, the only thing the audience look at is you and the red jumper. <laughs> and the red so jumper. he rather cleverly pulled focus. Yeah. Well, listen, so you've got your outfit and you're really comfortable in it. How far ahead of time do you get to the venue? And have you already scouted it? It's not the first time you've been to the venue, is it? Well, it depends, of course, because sometimes you don't have the opportunity. But ideally, you would get to the venue, if it's a conference, say, and you're going to be speaking at a town hall, probably it's a good idea to get there for a sound test. So you might get there maybe half an hour before the audience is let in. And you have a chance to look at the steps up to the stage. So how long is it from your chair up to the steps? Are the steps wide enough? to fit your feet in. Do you do alternate steps or do you every little step? It depends. Wow, on, on this the, much detail. Well, that's what actors would do because you don't want to trip on the way up. It's not a good start. No. So you want to feel really confident knowing, okay, these are little tiny steps, so I'm going to go alternate steps up. Right. And then where am I going to stand on that platform? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a podium and it's obvious, but maybe you have a choice. So decide what is the best position for you, depending on where the screens are and things. Right. So you make those decisions beforehand and then you do a mic test. There's a very good tip actually on a mic test. Mm-hmm. The temptation is, if you're not used to it, is you stand there and you fill the volume you think is necessary of all the chairs going away from you in the auditorium. Yeah. So if it's a big audience, like four or 500 people, the temptation is to do a mic test and go, "Uh, testing, one, two, three, testing. But actually, the microphone is there. So let the microphone do the work. Much better, I would say, give half the volume. Then what happens is the technology people Oh, the technicians. Whack you up. And they then will you... whack you up. Otherwise, what happens is they'll say, oh, she's got a loud voice. We'll only give her volume two. Why not get them to give you volume eight? And right. you can use a very natural conversational tone. Ooh, that's so let the really... microphone do the work. Oh, that's a really good tip. Okay, so you arrive at the venue in good time to mm. do this walkabout and to make yeah. sure that... And just feel comfortable. And feel comfortable. What, what you don't want to do, Sian, is you don't want to get onto the middle of the stage and go... Oh, that's a lot of people. Those are a lot of chairs. You want to have had that feeling first. Okay. Have I eaten breakfast? Do you eat before? What do you drink or not drink? Well, people vary, don't they? I mean, some people need to eat regularly. I personally don't eat anything heavy before a speech, and I wouldn't eat anything that is too dairy-based. So okay. I wouldn't have yogurt before. Because okay. it tends to make your voice a bit muffly. It's not a clean sound. I've never, for example have yogurt before recording a voiceover or anything. So I wouldn't have coffee either because coffee is a diuretic. It takes the water off your throat, so it tends to dry your throat out. Mm. And also it speeds you up emotionally. And the last and thing you want to do And you've probably already got a lot of adrenaline. So. I, I think there's enough of that anyway. Right, okay. But lots of water. No. Again, you see, you want to have some water. You want to yeah. sip water. What you don't want to do is to have such a full bladder that just before you go on, you think, I need to go to the bathroom, and you now don't have time. That's not a great feeling. Yeah. What is that drink, Robin, that you have? It's normally in an old water bottle. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a new water it's bottle. It's a new water bottle, but it's a mix of something, and it smells. My goodness, it really smells. Oh, no, this, is, this is the secret ingredient for your voice, oh. and this is cider vinegar and water. This is my oh. go-to trick. 
Oh, and do you have that with you? I have it with me. And uh, particularly if I have a sore throat or if I've been using my voice a lot. Yeah. So almost like you're making a gin and tonic, for example. Or I suppose you could say it's sort of two fingers in a glass mm-hmm. of cider vinegar. Add water to it. And then you sip it. You swallow it, but don't gulp it down. You constantly sip the back of the throat. And it okay. cleans the back of the throat. And your voice sounds clearer and easier to hear. Okay, so you've got up. You've had some affirmations and some gratitude and you've got yourself to the venue. You may or may not have had a bit of breakfast. You've had sips of water, no coffee, nothing to pep you up. You just do that naturally. Now, it's getting really close to the time that you're going to go on stage. So what exercises do you do? Because now nerves are really kicking in. Yes, I think it depends on whether you are sitting in the auditorium for a long time before you get up. Oh, what, listening to other speakers? I know, that's actually the hardest one. But assuming that you're able to be round at the back and moving around or backstage moving around, assuming you can do that, I would say there are a couple of exercises. One is to hold your hands in prayer position. So have your palms facing upwards, your forearms parallel to the floor. Breathe in, and then you push as hard as you can. As you push your hands together, you breathe out. You go, like that. And what that does is it releases the upper chest and your voice is calmer. The other thing you can do is just to vigorously shake your hands. You can also wake your face up because often through fight or flight nerves, one thing that happens in the body is adrenaline is sent to your eyes and your eyes can look a bit starey. So I would say do a big face, small face. So you you open your face really wide, very tight and wide and tight, and that relaxes the muscles in the throat. So shake the hands and do a big face, small face. Now, you can't do that in the auditorium. No, you can. You can probably find a quiet place. You can. But if you can't do that, and if you are in the auditorium, what I think you want to do is something called the fire breath, which Mm -hmm. is great. And the fire breath is where you breathe into your stomach. Mm -hmm. So you breathe slowly into your stomach. That's below the belly button. So you breathe in and out. You do that three times. Mm -hmm. And then on the third outtake, when you've got rid of all the air, hold your breath for five or ten seconds. And then Mm -hmm. breathe in one more time and hold your breath again for five or ten seconds. It absolutely calms you. And do try that. And the audience won't see you doing it. You know something? I did do that recently because I was going to cry. I was going to cry. And I knew that I was going to cry because I was going to give a speech that was quite emotional. A friend had passed away. And I really didn't want to. This was the eulogy in the church. And everybody says, look, stand up straight, straighten your back, carry on. You'll be fine. But actually, the breathing really calmed me down and took away the tears for that moment. I had a good cry afterwards, actually. But but in that moment, that breathing really helped if you're tearful. It did. But it also made you, because obviously I was there with you, and it it also made you deliver a very good eulogy, but you did it very authentically. No, you did it very authentically because your voice, because the emotional center of all human beings is in the gut. And if you can get your breath aligned to that, then it sounds like, you mean what you say, which, of course, hopefully you do at a eulogy. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely did. I just didn't want to feel like a fool because I'd Mm. burst into tears. Mind you, like you say, it would have been totally authentic if I had. Funerals are a different thing, of course. Funerals are a different thing. Mm. So, you know, you're just about to go on stage, or, of course, this could be on a video call as well. Mm -hmm. I wondered about makeup because... There's going to be some lighting on you, I get that. Maybe it's actually, even if you're standing on stage, it's going to be filmed. So you really want to look your best, right? Mm. So you've got these clothes, you're standing in front of the podium, you might have a PowerPoint behind you, you know, a bit like a TED Talk. The makeup, Mm. now, does that really matter? Do I have to care about my makeup? I would say use the makeup you normally wear, if you wear makeup. Don't add more? I think the most important thing is to look like you normally look. Okay. 
And I've been to so many weddings where I see the bride and I think, you look fabulous, but you don't look like you normally look. <laughs> and so who is the groom marrying? You yeah. know? Fantastic. So we look natural. Mm-hmm. We're grounding ourselves. We're our authentic self. We've done our breathing. And we're just going to walk up on the stage. And we know how to do that because we've already been there yeah. and we've tried our steps. And so it's everything. not a shock. So it's not a shock. Robin, is it anything at this point that can go wrong? There's a lot that can go wrong. Okay, what happens Which now? is why up to this point, what we should also have done is to make sure that if we want to have any notes, we have them on us. Because sometimes people say, oh, well, it's all on autocue. Or There's a comfort monitor down below, or it's all on the slides, or you can see the presenter's view on the deck, whatever it might be. Or you've memorized it. Or you've memorized it. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. And sometimes the technology doesn't work. Sometimes you have a brain freeze for all sorts of reasons. Mm. And just have a comfort blanket of having maybe the bullet points or the, a printed slide deck just in a few sheets in your pocket. It's useful to have it with you because if you know it's there, you probably won't ever have to use it. But there's nothing worse than standing thinking, I wish I'd had a few notes on me. You know what I mean? I nearly always have some bullet points in my pocket. I very rarely take them out, but I do know they're there. That's comforting. Because I always think you're just standing up and speaking. I didn't know that you had the notes in your pocket. The trick, of course, when you're speaking is to make it look impromptu and to make it look like a conversation. But of course, I should know where I'm going. And I do have a route map in my head. Mm. But if I get distracted or I tell a story and it confuses me in some way, then it's nice to know that they're there. Do you know one of the people who you were coaching once said to me that the most effective thing that you gave them was to color code their notes. And somehow that meant that they never needed to take them out of the pocket because they kept thinking, I'm on the blue section, I'm on the red section, I'm on the green section. Also useful if you actually have the script in front of you, because sometimes on a podium where you are reading a script, then have it on blue and red and green. The other thing you can do, if you are reading a script out and it's just a whole page of A4 in black, Mm. if you put a red line right across the middle, then you know if you look up or a centimetre or two above the line or a centimetre or two below the line, you can find your place much more easily. So a simple thing like that. So just by flicking your eyes down. Yes. Yeah, down to it. I have to share with you this. I saw somebody give a speech the other day and they had the autocue, but it was near the floor of the stage. Yeah. And he'd done a lot of work at training himself to walk up and down the stage with the mic lapel. Mm. And he'd been walking up and down to make it look as if it was effortless. Mm. But we never saw his eyes. Because he just kept looking down at the box. You do need to look up again, don't you? I think if you're going to have a low comfort monitor like that, that is where your eyes think. So when you're talking to the audience, obviously you have your eye gaze into the audience. And then if you want to think for a moment, you can look down as if you're thinking and then look back up again. I do that when I'm really bored and I have to look at my watch. <laughs> oh, well, also, of course, on a, also on a Zoom call, yeah. if you want to have some notes, generally we look upright, actually, if we're thinking. So up left is lying, but up right is thinking generally. (laughs) On a Zoom call, you can have your post-it note of some scripts or some bullet points. So you can look into the camera and talk to the people you're talking to. But if you think, oh, I need to look at my script now, or I remind myself where I am, you can look up to the right as if you're thinking, but look at your notes and then come back. Oh, good tip. Okay. Oh, and one other thing you will have on you, by the way. What? Is you will have a tissue or a handkerchief. Really? Mm -hmm. What for? There is nothing worse than standing on a stage and sneezing (laughs) and not having a handkerchief. Oh, good point. I was coaching one of the top auctioneering houses. The auctioneer was up there. He was doing really well and selling paintings for millions of dollars and whatever. And he sneezed (gasps) and went everywhere. You're very public. It's rather like in a pulpit you're standing up there. And he didn't have anything. It's not a good look. 
Did always. somebody hand him one? Does somebody did hand one him one. But yeah. I mean, it's eventually, but it doesn't look good. And no. just have one on you anyway. When I was young, I'm a, of the generation where my mother said, when we were young, she said, now, if you're taking a young lady out on a date, she said, you always have two handkerchiefs. Mm-hmm. She said, one in case you need to blow your nose and one in case your girlfriend scrapes her knee. <laughs> <laughs> so I was brought up that way, but I don't have two anymore, but I do have one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sounds like Downton Abbey, doesn't it? It wasn't at all So my grammar school. <laughs> so we've made it. We've had a look at our audience because we've arrived on stage or the camera's now on our mm. video call. Mm. Before we say anything, before we open our mouth, what are we doing? Are we checking the audience? Are we checking the lighting? Are we tapping the microphone? No, you've chested the okay. mic and everything beforehand. Okay. There's one thing you have done before all this, by the way, which we haven't talked about, is you've hopefully gone to the bathroom. Whilst you're in there, check yourself in the mirror. You don't want to suddenly discover that you've cut yourself shaving, there's a bit of paper stuck on your chin. mascara running down. Or mascara's running down because you're too hot. Something's landed on your hair or your belt's not done up or whatever. So check yourself. All right. So we've definitely done that. And we've got our notes. We've Mm. been to the bathroom and we've looked at ourselves in the mirror and we've double checked and we're walking on this. Probably at this point, you've got the music playing or somebody's introducing you on stage and you're seconds away from going on stage. Robin, what do we do now? Well, there are four things to do just before you go on stage. The first is turn your phone off. Oh, good call. Yeah. It's not ideal to have the phone ringing, really. It doesn't look very professional. The second thing is you want to remind yourself of the first sentence you're going to say. Oh, you've said that before. Know your first sentence so that you walk up there, you look confident, you start well. So you're going to turn your phone off. You're going to know your first sentence. Just check it in your head. You're going to get your voice aligned. So you're going to breathe in once into your lower stomach, in and out. And the final thing is you're going to add in a little inner twinkle. Not a cheesy toothpaste commercial smile, but just you want to look like you want to be there. So you climb up the steps with confidence, knowing you've done all your prep and you're ready to go. If you follow all those steps, I would feel quite confident. I'm not a confident speaker, but I would feel as confident. You're a very good speaker. I think Robin's being very kind, but he normally is. You are are a very good speaker. So... Again, so many things to pick up on, so many things to remember. I might have to write it down myself. Thank you again. Thank you. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass? Speak so your audience will listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermer.com.